And you're listening to CITR F102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And it's time right now for the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. And you just heard right there the Moog Cookbook with Born to Be Wild. Today on the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show, an interview with Ed Desoc. Ed Desoc, today on the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. And right now, to prepare you for Ed Desoc, I thought I would play something that I would never play, something that I would never, ever say the name of on this station, Pearl Jam with Ethan
You are still listening to the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. And you just heard right there Red Martian from Seattle who sent me their entire discography. This is incredible with stick. It's etc. Hello, Nardwar. Here is a near complete discography from the band Red Martian from Seattle. We have also included three one sheets and four our last release. I hope you enjoy this near complete discography, including test pressings. Yes, on the Red Martian test pressings, it even says for Nardwar. Nardwar's test pressing and i will be playing throughout the rest of my life some red martian but we just heard the cowboy and the vocoder from red martian Stephen, Paul, and Rob, thank you so much for the complete, the complete discography. And before that, from Grunge Light, Grunge Light, performed by Sarah DeBell, we heard Pearl Jam with Even Flow. And we began with the Moog Cookbook doing Born to be Wild. And right now, we have a caller on the line. Hello, are you there? You mean me? Uh, 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 yeah, just one second, and we are just... Uh, hello, are you there? You mean me? Uh, actually, we are having... We are hearing you kind of, and you are hearing me kind of, but let's see. Um, while we just... Um, while we just... Get this together. Hello, hello. Uh, are you there? I'm here. Can uh, you hear me? No, we are not. We are trying. Ah! We are. Hello, are you there? I'm here. Can uh, you hear me? Yes, we can. Can you hear me? Yeah, what, where am I calling? Mars? What uh, the hell is this? Have you been doing this like only two hours or something? How do you not know how to plug me in? It comes in crystal clear for the listener, but a bit ramshackle for the caller. But we should begin with, who are you? Who are, wait a sec. You want to do an interview with me, you promote it, and you want me to tell you who I am? Shouldn't you have done some research? I'm Ed DeSock. Uh, known as a Canadian icon. I'm not the one who calls myself that. That's just what everybody calls me, so I've sort of given up and accepted it. Welcome to the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show, Ed. Thank you. Now, it's odd, Nardwar, because you and I are both alums of much music back when it was worth watching, and yet we have never, I don't think we've ever met in person, and I, this is definitely the first time we've ever done anything media together. Yes, I think I only mailed in my tapes. Uh, what is your background, Ed? Like, for the people that don't know, we have a tweet already from Adam, and Adam says, 
at Nardwar and at Ed the Sock. Holy shit, if you found a time machine, can you tell me to stay in school while you're hanging out back then? So what were you doing back then? Can you please can you- tell the listeners? Sure, I'd be glad to. If you're, back when? You know, this is, this is the most indistinct interview I've ever had, and I, I, I give that to you as a compliment. Uh, thank uh, back God. then, I think he's referring, he's referring to, of course, the fact that I uh, was one of the architects of, I guess what we call it, much music Silver Age. The Golden Age would have been when it first launched with Chris Ward and J.D. Roberts and, and uh, uh, you know, uh, Erica M. and Michael Williams, all those people. That was the original. That was the Golden Age. The Silver Age... Uh, or the modern age was you know, me and Strombo and you and Rachel Perry and uh, Brad and uh, Bill Walichka. You know, uh, uh, Amanda, I'm leaving out names, but there's so many of them. Rainbow, so many of us were there. And that was a time when much music was the hugest cultural force in the country uh, right before it uh, uh, took a dirt nap. Now, you, Ed, were also on City TV, and I saw some dirty parts, some dirty parts of ladies on late night City TV. What was that association? Well, I had a, I mean, that was my beginning. I started a show called Ed's Night Party. It started on cable access in a small station in Toronto and then grew and was all over the country on cable access Fridays at 11.30. And then City TV uh, approached me, and they wanted it, so I went to City. Show ran 14 years uh, there until the new owners came in and said, you know what, we don't want anything good on our channel. Um, And incidentally, when we finished on City TV, we were still beating Leno and Letterman on Friday nights. Um, And no, there was no dirty parts of the women. The the, the nipples and the, the... the vajayjay, that's not dirty. Those parts are dirty. That God built them for a reason. They have a function. And it, most of the time when you saw those, they were on girls. Well, you never saw the vajayjay. You only saw the boobies. And you saw those, they were usually on the girl. Hello, Ed. Are you still there? Are you hearing me? What do you mean? I'm just talking and you're not... Hello? Uh, no, I, I think you were counting in and out slightly. But I just must, would like to say, Ed, that there was a bit of censorship involved. That there was um, a bit of blurring. Well, at times there was blurring. Most of the time there was no blurring. It depended on what mood people were in at the time. But mostly as the show went on, there was no blurring. It was odd that they would... Can you hear me? Yes. It was odd that they would blur... Uh, the boobs at 11.30, and then at midnight, they ran blue movies, which were softcore porn, which was all about sex, and boobies were everywhere. It was a very odd uh, decision-making. But no, most of the time, the boobs were shown, because let's face it, who cares about boobs? Who, you know, We were doing Internet stuff before there was an Internet. And uh, the funny thing is that all those daring, challenging things that we did on City TV and you and I did on Much Music, there's no way... Any broadcaster today would ever put us on the air to do that. They are so controlled and afraid and unimaginative. They have just killed the television industry in this country by their lack of understanding what television is. Instead of people who were, you know, who would work their way up through TV, who love TV, it's now a bunch of bean counters and MBAs who only know about minimizing risk. And if you're going to make creative products, you can't minimize risk because then you have no product. And we are talking to Ed DeSock live on CITR, the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show. And if anybody has any questions for Ed DeSock, it is um, actually just tweet today 
at Nardwar, N-A-R-D-W-U-A-R, at Nardwar, or you can phone in at 604-822-2487. And right off the bat, Ed, I love the information that you gave the listeners and the viewers. For instance, you told me about Point Blank. What can you say about Point Blank? Because you broke Point Blank, a great rap group, to me. Well, can I tell you, they were, a, they were a rap group, but they grew up and lived in Regent Park, which before the gentrifying that's gone on now was basically what you'd call the closest thing to a ghetto in Toronto. Uh, primarily uh, black, uh, black people living there, though it was black, white, Asian. As one of them said to me, it's not about race, it's about poverty. And uh, we went in with this band, and the, the, these guys, a lot of them had criminal records. But we spent the day walking around the projects at Regent Park and getting to understand what it's like to live in such a place with the cops everywhere, look, you know, trailing you, and with none of the amenities working, and you know, air conditioning units sitting there with their 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 guts hanging out, and no one ever fixing them. And it was a you know, it was quite a bit of an eye opener. And we were the only people to you know go into the hood because. You know, I have cred in the hood, but most other people, they probably, I don't think they would have had the open arms that I had. And by open arms, I'm not talking about munitions. I'm talking about welcome. It was amazing that you introduced the country to the band Point Blank, to the rap group Point Blank, whose video I think was added to much. Yeah, I don't know if their video was added because of me or it was already there. I don't know. I did it because what I usually did at Much Music was I shamed them into covering people that, or groups or communities that they most of the time ignored. I was the one that got them to cover the Caravana Parade after years of uh, black people asking. It took me, a gray puppet, shaming them on the air to get them to cover Caravana. And, um, you know, and I'm proud of things like that. And we have a caller right now. Caller, are you there? No, no. Are you there, Caller. Hello, caller. Hey, Nardwar. Okay. Are you doing this out of your basement? Uh, I, I, it's going to be a bit of a transfer here, but just, uh, caller, if you could speak up, and I will try to patch you through to Ed the Sock. Go ahead. Can you hear Ed the Sock, caller? Hello? Yes. Go, go ahead to Ed the Sock. I can't hear him. I can hear Ed the Sock. All right, go on. How did you lose the other song? That's my question. What was the question? How did you lose the other song? How did, our, our, how did you, you meet the other sock? How did no, you meet how, the... What, sorry, caller, what was the question? How, how did he lose it? How did he... How, how did you lose the other sock? Yes. We went through all of that technical difficulty, the back and forth, like Radar working the board in MASH, and that was the stupid question that he asked? We went through all that for that stupidity? I don't answer questions based on my ethnicity. Next. Uh, Caller and do-do-loo-do. Hello? Uh, Caller? 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 Do-do-loo-do. And if you have any questions for Ed the Sock, it is... At Nardwar, N-E-R-D-W-U-A-R, or 604-822-2487. And Ed, also, Dave Mack, Ed the Sock, 400,000 views now on YouTube. What, are you kidding me? No, that is what it is. 
Dave Mack, Ed the Sock. Who is Dave the... Dave Mack, what are you doing now? And 440,000 views, Ed the Sock, what is the background on that? He's some joker who said he was a rapper and was a fan and said he wrote a song you know, about me in tribute, would I be in his video? And I feel, you know, guy wrote a song about me, I'd be like, it'd be a real dick to say no. So I said, sure, I'll be in your video. He said, we're going to have, uh, we're going to shoot it at a big party. Uh, when you're there, going to be lots of people, going to be a DJ, going to be a big party. And here's how it's going to work. All right. I show up to some some industrial unit in Scarborough, Ontario, and there's like three guys and a couch. And that's it. There's nobody there. There's no party. There's nothing. The DJ eventually shows up, and he and I both want to get the hell out of there. Eventually, some girl shows up. Um, so I guess she's supposed to be the hottie for the, this was like the biggest collection of losers I'd ever seen. So I shot my little bits of the video, which I then rearranged from what they wanted. I did what I did and I left. That's as much as I know about this video. 440,000 views. Dave Mack, Ed the Sock. That is amazing. Whatever. I don't get, I don't get impressed by that crap. Though if you ask what I'm doing now i'm still doing videos uh, i'm doing uh I, i'm on a, a u.s uh website called everyjoe.com and you can find them on ev- you know all the videos on edvisock.com i do videos every week about politics current affairs pop culture you can find the videos also on my facebook page the real ed the sock because believe it or not yeah there were people impersonating me i'm on twitter at ed the sock and i am currently building a very large project to take the place of what much music used to be uh, online, incorporating all social media and new technology. Caller, are you there? Call, uh, if the caller wants the phone back, it is 604-822-2487, UBC, CITR. Uh, uh, caller, are you there? Caller, are you there? I am there, Nardwar. How are you doing? Good. If you could speak up real loud to Ed DeSock. Happy to do it. Happy to do it. Hey, my question for Ed DeSock is, when he sees Triumph the insult dog, does he not feel like he should be owed royalties? Yes. Is there any other? (laughs) (laughs) There's your answer. It's such a a ripoff of your thing. Well, here's the thing about Triumph the insult. I'm hearing myself. All right. Here's the thing about Triumph. He is doing the same shtick I was doing when I switched from cable to city TV in the mid-90s. I have grown since then. I don't just go around insulting people, going to, you know, shooting fish in a barrel at political conventions or Star Trek conventions. That's way back in my past. I'm doing things like political commentary. I'm followed on Twitter uh, by politicians and serious journalists. I've done documentaries about uh, music and politics that all that came very close to winning awards, finalist in winning awards. Um, you know, I, I I talk about things that matter, whereas this dog just does the same thing he was doing when he started. No evolution, the same old I poop on things or whatever the hell. Listen, if people find that funny, good for you. I don't do that kind of thing anymore, so I'm glad to seed that low-hanging fruit to him. Uh, thank you. Yeah, well, I guess you can't teach an old dog new tricks. <laughs> there you go. Thank you, caller, and do do loo do. Do do.
are still live with Ed the Sock. Now, Ed, I understand Ed comes from Ed Asner, but for instance, I was thinking of Ed Anger from the National Enquirer. Ed Whatever Anger. What happened to him? Remember Ed Anger? Yes, Ed. Uh, that's where I thought you got your name from, Ed Anger, as opposed to Ed Asner. Well, I, I mean, I I can't confirm or deny uh, anything about this Ed Asner thing. I know that it, rumors are that I was named after Ed Asner, who of course, famously played Lou Grant on the classic Mary Tyler Moore television show, uh, and continues to be alive. Uh, as is as I think, Abe Vigoda's dead now, isn't he? So I think he's like the Highlander. I don't know if Abe Vigoda's dead. Is Abe Vigoda dead, Nardwar? Yes, he is. Rest in okay. peace. Fish. Rest in fish. I, fish. Fish. Yeah, I'm not sure if he's really dead. I think it was. A, I think he faked it. But anyway, um, Ed Anger was this angry conservative uh, columnist in the Weekly World News in the 80s, and I guess parts of the 90s. I don't know. And to this day, basically, he sums up the attitude of a Trump voter. Uh, he was ill-informed and he was angry and bigoted, yet somehow he was a bit amusing to read if you were smart enough to recognize where he was coming from. Him and Dr. Frederick Rule, who was also in that uh, magazine, talking about weird scientific conspiracies. And we are speaking here to live to Ed the Sock, and you can tweet questions to Adnardwar, or you can phone in 604-822-2487, 604-UBC-CITR, and we have a tweet question for you, Ed, and it is from at TV Party Pig, at TV Party Pig, and they asks, do you enjoy... Do you continue to enjoy the Olsen twins, or have you replaced them with a more modern-day teen star? Do you still drink Thunderbird? Wow, this is obviously a, a fan that goes way back. I appreciate this. This is someone who goes way back to my early roots. Uh, yes, every now and again I have Thunderbird as an aperitif. Um, sometimes it's night train, depends what's available. I have to bring it all back from the States when I go, and it's very difficult when I ask, you know, are you bringing in alcohol? Um, and, and I, I tell them, yes, and that's what it is, and I say, Thunderbird and night train. They don't really know what to do with me. Um, mostly they'd like to take me through secondary. Anyway, um, and no, I have nothing to do with the Olsen twins anymore, just as they have very little to do with society. And no, I don't really bother focusing in on these mass-produced uh, little little kid or teen stars anymore because there's way too many of them. Back, you know, the, the prototypes, they were all, the, the, the Olsen twins were almost like Dolly the sheep, you know, the first one that got cloned. And now cloning happens in livestock and nobody really pays much attention. It's the same thing. They were sort of an experiment back then. And since then, since it worked out so well, there have been numerous marketed and created uh little sensations that are cute for a while and then quickly discarded uh, and then they try to come back and then maybe they get back and maybe they don't uh, you know Zac Efron's a good example he was this good guy on Disney and now he's like in these movies where he plays an ass I don't know but no I don't bother following the Olsen twins or anybody else new because they have the shelf life or the, the uh, of like a fruit fly and it's not worth my attention paying attention as soon as i put a video up about one of them that person's already out and the next person comes up i can't keep track of all that crap 
at the sock, we have another tweet for you, and this is from Gary. Will at the sock be watching the Trump-Clinton debate, and will he post a video to comment on it? Well, I'll be watching it, even though I'll be wincing the whole time. I don't know. It's it's like watching the train wreck in that remake of The Fugitive uh, with Tim Daly. Just watching that train wreck over and over. Because you don't know. I, I have no idea what's going to happen. I can't wait until they bait Trump and his thin skin erupts. It shouldn't be entertaining to watch. If only it wasn't so important to the entire world what the outcome is. Well, I'll probably be live tweeting it. I don't think I'll be doing videos. I'll probably be live tweeting the uh, Trump-Clinton. It's almost like it's not an, uh, a debate. It's almost like it's a prize fight, including the inclusion of Don King. All, I, you know, right now, Hillary Clinton needs to have Mr. T come in as a spokesperson. At the sock, what was Moses Neimer from Much Music? What was his office like? Why, were you never in it? Never. He really never let you in his office? I well, only... you were probably lucky. A baboom. Uh, what was his office like? Well, it was very modern. A lot of steel and chrome, and a lot of everything was very black. But he also had these halogen lights. You know, the very bright lights, and they were they were arranged so they shot from behind his desk and aimed at you as you're sitting facing his desk. So you had lights in your eyes, like you were being interrogated. Like then he always sat a le- not a very tall man, but he always sat taller than the person who he was talking to because his chair was higher and the person who's you know the the office chairs were lower um so his office there was a mystical quality to it almost you'd think almost you were walking into a cult leader's lair but you know i I wouldn't compare him to a to a cult leader because a cult leader rarely insults the people in his cult as often as moses insulted the people that worked for him Uh, What about washroom? Did he have a washroom in his office, and did he have a urinal? Ask Butterfly Juice. What? What? Did he have... Butterfly Juice? Yeah, a tweet question. I have... I was never in Moses' bathroom. (laughs) You know what? There was a bathroom that was about uh, 75 feet away from Moses' office. So if I had to go to the bathroom, I'd go there. I really didn't want to get it. Because, you know, you go into Moses' bathroom, and it's like, let's say you lift up the, the toilet seat to take a pee, and you notice that it hasn't been cleaned underneath. All of a sudden, it makes Moses' human being, and it brings him down. I don't think Moses ever let anybody use his bathroom, because bathrooms are where people who are demigods get brought down, unless their toilet is completely well scrubbed. They get brought down to human level when you realize that they've got the same problems as everybody else as far as how they evacuate foods. Ed the Sock, who dated from much music? Bono, did one of the early VJs from Much date Bono? Now, do you mean Bono as in Sonny Bono, or do you mean Bono from U2? I call him Bono, but yeah, the U2 guy. No, I don't, to my knowledge, nope. I mean, I didn't come around when the original guys were still there. The only original person that was still there when I started in 94 was Steve Anthony, um, and who I loved working with. But I never knew of anybody dating Bono. I can't imagine... Bono having room in his life for both a wife and his ego. That's already a threesome. The Much Music movie. What was that at the sock all about? Crap! There is something called the Much Music movie. Are you in it? And what no. was it for people that it are was wondering? It's a piece of crap. What was it called? Going the distance or some horse crap? 
It was about some road trip. It was basically when everybody was making these, these you know, teen movies. And I guess the thought was, hey, uh, MTV has MTV films. Let's us make a movie. But let's have it have nothing to do with anything Much Music does. And the only Much Music person in it is George. He makes some kind of appearance at the end, Strombo. So I have no, I, I, I didn't watch it. I wasn't asked to be in it. And as far as I know, I don't even know if it exists on DVD. Ed DeSock, and again, we're speaking to Ed DeSock, 604-822-2487, 604-UBC-CITR, or tweet at Nardwar, N-A-R-D-W-U-A-R. And I was curious, Ed DeSock, who is left at Much Music? Who is left? Like, right now, who is left? Who is Nobody. there? Nobody. Nobody. Much Music doesn't exist anymore. A few years ago, they changed their name to just Much, stopped running music, and started running, like, reruns of The Simpsons. And they, the place, the environment that the whole country uh, joined in at, that, that everyone felt was our national hangout with the big windows that opened out onto the street so people, there was no barriers, everyone could be part of it. Those windows were blacked out, and the environment inside that everybody loved was trash. And now they do a women's show called The Social from there there is no place for much music to shoot apparently they've been consigned to a room in the back there are no vjs as far as i know there's nothing left it's gone and that's why i'm going to be resuscitating the spirit of what much music will hello ed hello ed uh and i think you are breaking up cafe. i think you what? are breaking up slightly hello are you still there ed I'm still there. What what year did you buy this equipment in? I'm wondering. Uh, it is Skype, so I guess we are not having you pay for the call. We are not having you pay for the call. But we. Why would I pay to? Why would I pay to be interviewed? I know exactly. We are not having you pay for the call, so we are using Skype. Hello, Ed. Are you still there? Are you still there? Yeah, I'm, I think this might just be a nightmare I'll wake up from soon, but otherwise I think I'm here. Because I think, can you move a bit closer to your Wi-Fi, etc.? Because you are drifting, you are sounding not as clear. You are not sounding Ed the Sockish. I'm not sounding Ed the Sockish. Yeah, just, uh, just... Oh, boy. All right. You know what? Hold on. I'll move closer to the Wi-Fi. I suspect this isn't the problem, but I will go... And move closer to the Wi-Fi because you've asked, okay? So you need to give me a minute to do that. Uh, no problem. Again, we... Why don't you fill the air with nonsense while, like you've been doing, and I'll go over and move closer to it. Oh, it is working. Exactly. We are speaking to Ed DeSock, and you can phone in and ask your questions, even from the other room, to 604-822-2487, UBC-CITR, or you can tweet at Nardwar, N-A-R-D, W-U-A-R. We are speaking live to Ed the Sock. And actually, Can you hear me better now? Uh, yes, amazing, Ed the Sock. And we have an actual tweet question for you from at Feminism202. At Feminism202. Right. And they ask, is Gomeshi finished or is he just getting started? I, I don't know what is she referring to show business or or beating up women. I'm I'm not too sure what she's referring to. I um, think afterwards. I think since the court date, since the trial. I think well, he's done as far as show business. He's done. Why is my phone ringing? See what happens, Nardwar. You make me move, and my phone rings. 
and we are speaking to is this Ed. Hardware? No, it's no, not me. All right, okay. Um, so uh, he's done. He's, there's nobody going to hire him in media in Canada, and nobody in the U.S. either, because in the U.S. they have enough people. They don't need this guy who comes with such baggage, especially nowadays with everybody, everything being, I won't even call it politically correct because I don't like that term, but everyone being outraged over everything, there would be legitimate outrage over hiring somebody who has admitted to sexually harassing uh, a woman at work um, in addition to all the other things he's been alleged to have done, which were not proven in a court of law, but which doesn't mean, as the judge said, that he didn't do it. Thank you at Feminism202. Now, you had mentioned YouTube. What about this buffer fest? What are your comments on the buffer fest as part of YouTube at the Sock? Are you asking because I'm going to be a guest there? <laughs> yes, exactly. What are you going to get out of it? The buffer fest. Well, buffer fest is like this giant uh, event, international event, where they bring in you know, really popular YouTubers from around the world. Um, it's, you know, if you were, it, it's almost like the Emmy Awards in a sense, but for YouTube. And uh, I'm going to be there as a guest because I am doing YouTube videos now and I'm going to be building something on YouTube as well. I'm going to be there to interview some of these YouTubers, um, which is great because some of them, uh, their careers aren't going to be much, uh, you know, longer than a uh, fruit fly either. Um, but it's an exciting event that takes place. Lots of videos being shown, lots of experts coming in and talking about how to get audience on YouTube, which is, you know, um, like talking about witchcraft or alchemy, quite frankly. But I'm looking forward to being there. I'm going to be premiering two videos there. Oh, Ed, what? Hello? Uh, I'm still there. What do you think, Ed, about the future of YouTube and competing with YouTubers? Uh, you know what I what do I think of I mean, competing with YouTubers are we really I don't think so YouTube and the internet is its own place you'll find that people who are popular on the internet when they give them TV shows nobody watches the TV shows and when TV shows try to do things on the internet people don't really watch that because there are kinds of people who watch television and the kind of people who watch the internet two completely different audiences and right now yeah it's older people who are slightly older you know who are not Millennials who still watch TV because they're the ones that have money, and that's why advertisers put money there for people will buy things. Um, but eventually, there will, you'll see a merging of the two forms. Right now, they are pretty distinct. They're not this, they're, they're, they're not really competing with each other because there's two different audiences watching them. Ed, you are known for fromage a lot of the time on Much Music. What do you think about YouTube having a lot of fromage? A lot of the rock videos are fromage. What do I, I mean, listen, we were doing YouTube before there was YouTube. Much music especially was YouTube before there was YouTube. It was authentic. It was unpredictable. It was made up in the moment. You knew there was no phoniness going on, and there was honesty. Um, and then bad management took and tanked it while the Internet got popular using all the things we used to do on Much. Um, and I don't remember what the question was now. Well, I was curious about YouTube, like fromage. Like, for instance, a lot of the vids are fromage-ish. They wouldn't have made it on much. There is nobody like you to critique it, but people don't realize it is fromage. You know what? There's an awful lot of people on the, online who do criticize these, these music videos. There's actually everybody, a lot of people online doing just about everything you can think of. 
So do I really need to go and make fun of current music videos? You know what? I spawned a generation to do that for me. I've moved on to other things. Politics is the new rock and roll. Music doesn't have that kind of relevance anymore, or that kind of importance since it was taken over by marketing. So there are videos out there that are crap, and there are people who are saying that it's crap. And uh, I consider these people my progeny, and I give them my blessing. And a uh, caller right now. Hello, caller. Are you there? Yeah, hi. Uh, go, go ahead to Ed DeSock. Speak loudly, please. Okay. Hey, Ed. I'm a big fan of yours. I'm, I'm originally from Toronto. Used to live in the uh, Queen Street area. Used to hang out in the bars. The Beverly was one of them. Anyway, I know you do interviews. What is your opinion of Triumph, the insult comic dog? Well, as I said earlier, he 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 does rip. He did rip me off. Uh -oh. so, you know, it's, uh, or or you can say that it was some miraculous coincidence. <laughs> whatever. Anyway, I think that he's doing the things that I used to do when I started um, on City TV in like '94, and I'm doing things that are beyond that. I'm commenting on social affairs and political affairs, and and uh, doing media literacy. He's still just pooping on things, so let him go do what it is he does. That's fine with me. We don't do the same thing. We just share an ethnicity. What yeah, is really? You are still very funny, though. What is really interesting is you are actually quoted in Triumph the Insult Dogs wiki. Like Ed the Sock is in the wiki of Triumph the Insult Dog. Whoopee! And do you have <laughs> any other questions at all, Carl? No, I don't, but I really appreciate you, uh, Nardware, and all your fantastic interviews. And keep going, Ed. Uh, thank you, and doo-doo-loo-doo. Doo-doo. You are, you are still listening to the Nardware, the human serviette radio show. Uh, what do you feel like answering that triumph question every interview you do, Ed? Listen, it's no worse than what, I mean, I, I've interviewed all the really top celebrities who'd come to town for like a whirlwind uh, junket, and they would get asked the same bloody questions all day long and have to smile and answer until they came to the interview with me, which they always loved because I never asked the same questions. Um, and then they'd go to the next city the next day and the next city. So you know what, when you're in the media, I'm just glad people are curious and want to hear, you know, want to ask me questions uh, as far as I'm concerned. So ask whatever they want. They want to ask about that damn dog they can. And we have a tweet question from at screw.transit, screw T.O. Transit, and they say, should Toronto streetcars stay or go? What? Why? You mean should we get rid of streetcars altogether? Yeah. Yeah, yeah sure. Sure, when we have, um, like, flying cars or something. No, we shouldn't get rid of streetcars because there's enough cars in Toronto as it is there's no room for them because the city planners have never widened the roads. So we need more transit, not less. We and should just put some charcoal filters in them because they stink a lot. And we have another question from Gary. Test Pattern was a great show on Much. Did Ed know Dan Gallagher? You know, I wish I had known Dan Gallagher. I did not know Dan Gallagher. Uh, all I ever heard was great things about him. Uh, Test Pattern was a brilliant show. It was well ahead of its time. It's something that deserves to have some kind of uh, tribute or resurgence. Um, didn't know Dan, but uh, lots of respect for him. 
What do you think about the Reform Party? Because you ran for the Reform. Four I lost th- you. Four, uh, sorry, Ed. 4,300 votes. 4,300 votes. What? I ran for what? What does this remind you of, Ed? 4,300 votes. It reminds me of a number you just quoted me that I have no understanding of what its significance is? That is the people that voted for you when you ran for reform. I never ran for reform, ever. But you got 4,300 votes. What was that from? I have zero. This is the first I've ever heard of it. I have no idea. I know I ran for mayor of Toronto and got lots of votes uh, many years ago, but... I have never, I've never run for reform anything. <laughs> this is news to me. Okay, what about a conservative vote? Did you, were you a conservative party c- candidate at all? No, <laughs> I've never run for any political party. I've always, I mean, like I said, I ran for, for mayor of Toronto, but I've never run for any political parties. Did you endorse Justin Trudeau? Yes, I did. So, did you switch your allegiance at all over the years? Uh, Did I switch? My my allegiance is basically which candidate or party makes the most sense in this particular election for this particular time. I don't vote doctrinaire always for one party. I look and see, based on the circumstances, who is offering the, the plan that seems to make the most sense. And that's who I vote for. So, my allegiance has always been to... Uh, thoughtful, rational, intelligent choice, not to parties. Ed the Sock, too racy for Britain. Ed the Sock goes to U.S. college campuses. The Financial Post, 22nd of September, 1999. What was that all about? Too racy for Britain. Ed the Sock goes to U.S. college campuses. Well, the two really had nothing to do with each other. I don't, you know, that's an odd headline. Um, we were on in, uh, in the UK, and for, for, I guess the channel that bought us wasn't the right one. Because, I mean, you think of all the crazy, racy stuff they have in the UK. It's far more uh, bold even today than it is here. I mean, Benny Hill. We were no more, bold, you know, more out there than Benny Hill um, as far as showing, you know, women with boobs and things as, as part of, an element of the comedy, but yeah, we didn't. Uh, we weren't on long in in England. We we did run a long time in places like uh, Finland, Australia, New Zealand. There's even a horse, a racehorse named after me in Australia. Um, and uh, yes, we were on a U.S. college network. Uh, that network, I think, folded. But then we went to a U.S. We went to G4, which was a U.S. cable network. It was primarily about video games and pop culture. Um, and then that channel. The owners of that channel decided they were going to change it, then they just shelved it. So we've had a tremendous amount of luck winding up places that eventually the owners decide they want to go in a different direction, and that includes City TV. I quit much music, so it wasn't, that wasn't the change in ownership there that affected me, but City TV was very much, they wanted to just lobotomize their channel, and so they had to cut, get rid of their brain, which apparently was me. At the sock, would sock, would stock, would sock. Were you scared at all? Would stock, 99. 
any anybody with any intelligence was scared at Woodstock '99. People were freaking out, and they were throwing bottles of urine and wooden and metal tent pegs at the MTV booth. Interesting difference between Canadians and Americans. The Americans were throwing bottles of urine and metal tent pegs at the MTV platform. Whereas Canadians who were there came and surrounded the Much Music platform to protect us. So it just goes to show you the differences in what our services meant to the countries. Um, but yeah, it was crazy. It was like Lord of the Flies. People were burning garbage cans and, and, and burning, actually burning cars and beating tribal drums. And it was insane. So yeah, we, we, I was a little bit scared. I saw it happening and I called it as it was happening. I said, this is about to go badly live on TV. Um, and you know that's my claim to fame is that I saw this stuff happening. I said this is about to go very badly, and it did go badly just as I said it would. I take no pride in that. I'm not like Donald Trump. I was like, hey, I called it. Things went to shit. I, I wasn't. Uh, I'm not proud of that, but I was there. Ed, what was the turning point of Woodstock '99? Was it Limp Bizkit or Limp Bizkit to blame? Well, the people. What was to blame at Woodstock '99? was people, uh, vendors, charging about six bucks for a bottle, for bottled water that was half the size of the kind you'd get regularly in those days for about a buck. Um, it was held on a former army base, which meant that there were no places, there were no shadowed areas. There's no place anybody could lurk. So there was no shade. The tarmac was black and it was reflecting the heat back up. There were very few cooling stations um, and the heat was intense. So people had heat stroke, they were heat maniacs, um, and they felt they were being ripped off by the vendors, which certainly isn't the spirit of Woodstock. Not that these spoiled middle-class brats really had the spirit of Woodstock either, but it, it, all it took was, a, was it, it was already dry timber. Uh, it just needed somebody with a match, and Limp Biscuit was just there at the right time and encouraged them to go nuts. So yeah, they have the responsibility, but the responsibility is with the organizers. And we're speaking to Ed DeSock, 604-822-2487, UBC CITR, or tweet at Nardwar. And we have Gary again, and Gary says, when the cameras stopped recording, did anyone not get Ed? Any confrontations or refusal to air an interview? Let's see. Had a bad experience with Vanilla Ice. But the interview aired anyway because I told him it was going to air. Um, he was a jackass. Did anybody uh, make you sign a non-disclosure form? Did <laughs> no. Because nowadays I heard before you talk to Taylor Swift that you have to sign an actual form and she will, you know, consult you know, or concede to the interview being released. Did, did you have to sign any forms ahead of time? No, that's ridiculous. I would never have signed anything. If I have to sign that, I'm not what, what am I there for? I'm not there to be somebody's PR flack and just say what they want. I never did things to humiliate people and never talked about things they didn't want to talk about because I'm not a gotcha kind of guy. I don't, I'm there to make people seem human and laugh and cut through the BS of their ego, not to make people look like idiots. Uh, um, unless they, I, I, I let people make themselves look like idiots, but I never did things just to humiliate them or bring up things from their, their personal life. That's just crappy journalism. And I'm not a journalist. I was just an interviewer for entertainment. But people who are celebrities, they have a right to say, I don't want to talk about X, Y, or Z. And if it's not 
part of the enter their entertainment career, then it shouldn't be talked about. But no, I never signed anything and I never would have. How about confrontations? Like Gary asks again, like any confrontations or refusal to air an interview? Is there a long lost Ed interview that has never been aired? No. Um, Anthony Kiedis from the Chili Peppers wasn't thrilled, um, but it aired nonetheless. I was, listen, if I'm going to spend my time interviewing somebody, the damn thing's going to air. So, no, there was never any. Mind you, keep in mind that things were a lot less corporatized back then, and Chum and Much Music uh, was an outlet that backed you up when you did do these challenging things to these celebrities. So I didn't have to worry. Nowadays, there's no way it would, if something, if a publicist didn't want something to air or a record company, it wouldn't because the, the media companies are all just big suck-ups to each other. And the song, Lana. Was Lana a dancer? Is she still into cosplay? Um, uh, no, and sometimes. I've been told by three places that Ed is too popular to put on TV. Lana added, that's code for We Can't Own It from the Daily Beast. Oh, that's true. I think you're referring to Liana, not Lana. Yes. Um, yes. Um, yeah, I've been told by places in Canada that I was too too popular or my brand is too strong to be on their channel which is the exact opposite of television in the u.s where if you have any recognizability they consider it very valuable but then again that's why tv in the u.s has always been an industry in canada it's been monkey business are there any code words to look out for when you are negotiating a deal like for instance like you are too popular ed is too popular and that means we can't own it. What are the code words? What are the danger signs that you hear out there in the media world? I think the big code word to be afraid, you know, to be concerned about when you hear it when negotiating any contract is uh, bend over. I think that's the one you really got to be afraid of when they tell you that, either figuratively or literally. Uh, that's one that you should avoid. <laughs> ba boom. Um, and other than that, um, pretty much they all want you to bend over these days. So take anything that they ask you to do and think about whether this is in some form or another you bending over. Which celeb, Ed, has the best action figure? Because you love action figures. What celeb has the best action figure? Um, the best action figure? Uh, I, I, who has them? I don't know. Uh, I mean, like, I have marionettes. Uh, in their, in their I have marionettes from NSYNC. I still have those from the, back in the day. I just discovered some vinyl figures of Benji and Joel from, uh, who the hell were they? Good Charlotte. Uh, one of them signed uh, the, the toy as well. I wonder if that'd be worth something. Um, I don't know who else has action figures, and quite frankly, I, I don't care. Um, I, I can't see really, you know, playing with your, your, your big gyms and your Star Wars toys and including a Ricky Martin figure. I just don't see the value. You did have a comic strip, though. I had three comic books. Yeah, three comic books back in the day. Still have some. There are not many around still. They're collector's items. Um, but that was fun. Had some good independent uh, Canadian writers and artists uh, put them, you know, provide content. Uh, Liana, uh, our producer and, and head writer, uh, organized and spearheaded that project. These were really good uh, pieces of art, and you look at them now, and they really do hold up. They're... We consider it as an independent book. It's higher quality than you're going to get in most independent books, even today. 
You had mentioned, Edisok, about having a horse named after you. Is there any food named after you? What else is named after Edisok? What is the legacy of Edisok? I mean, right now, there is a horse. Is there any food? The hell kind of question is that? Is there food named after me? No. I think they're going to name a hamburger after me at this place in, um, I forget where it is. It's just outside Toronto. Um, but there is an Eland, which is a South African, uh, like, gazelle. There is an Eland at the Toronto Zoo, a new Eland, that was named Ed the Sock. What about the National Speakers Bureau? What do you think about that? The National Speakers Bureau, Ed the Sock. Sounds prestigious. You are part of it. Yeah, they never got me a single gig. You are still up there, though. Yeah, well, I guess hope springs eternal. How long have you been up there? About a year. And who have they gotten gigs for? What was the pitch? I have zero idea who else they represent or who they got, who they got gigs for. All I know is they didn't get one for me. Uh, why did you sign on in? Because they were supposed to get me gigs. And you are now on regular, every Joe? Like, where can people check you out now? Like, you mentioned every Joe? Everyjoe.com on their YouTube channel. You can find those videos as well. If it's easier for you, go to edthesock.com and it'll click you over to everyjoe.com. Um, also, uh, occasionally still doing Huffington Post videos. And uh, I'm on Twitter at edthesock, my Facebook page, the real edthesock. I think I've got an Instagram chat uh, thing now as well. There's just too too many freaking places. I liked it when there was just television and radio. They could find you at television or radio. Now there's 10,000 places you have to feed content to. It's ridiculous. You are also, Ed, a guest panelist for George Tonight? I was, yeah, but when that was on TV. That was nice that George asked you for that. Well, we go way back, and I should mention, if anyone's read the news, that... Uh, a friend of George's was found uh, beaten to death in the house that he rents in L.A. Um, just today. Uh, it is George's place. He lets friends stay there when he's out of town. And apparently somebody broke in and killed a friend of his. And George is on a plane to L.A. now. So uh, I got to send my best to, to him. And I, I mean, this is just a crappy thing, to, a beyond crappy thing to happen. No one is like a nightmare. So... Uh, I, I do want to send out uh, best wishes, and certainly if people want to tweet that to him as well, I encourage you to do so. Oh, that is terrible. I had no idea. Yeah, just it, the story just broke. Well, speaking of much, what about Larissa Goka and Rachel Perry? Yeah? What about them? I'm still in touch with Rachel. Rachel's a mom now in L.A., uh, married and is doing some pretty good painting. She's a really good uh, artist. Uh, I have zero idea where Larissa Gulka ever wound up. A lot of much ends up in L.A. A lot of much ends up in L.A. Well, I mean, George has a place there, but he lives here. Uh, Rachel lives there. Uh, I think Hannah Simone, who was on much for a brief time, is there. Uh, Bradford's in New York. I don't know anyone else who's in L.A., but then again, I don't keep up with everybody. And we have another tweet question for you, Ed Desoc, winding up here with Nardwar, the human serviette. Butterfly Juice Dater asks, what do you think of Tinder? Yeah, hello? Hello, hello. Hello, Ed. What do you think of... Uh, 
Maybe that question lost you. Um, what do you th- Hello, Ed, are you there? I'm here. Uh, are, hello, Ed, are you there? I am here. Hello, hello, Ed, you are sounding like a monster, even more like a monster. Is there a question, Nardwar? Uh, well, it's about Tinder. What do you think of Tinder? Is that, I don't know which one that is. Is that the hookup one or is that the gay one? No, the gay one's grinder. And now, I don't, you know what? People can do whatever the hell they want. As long as it involves consenting adults, leave me the hell alone. Well, thank you for calling in to the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show, Ed. Really appreciate it. I guess we had the one guy ask about your other sock, and you said, next, next. But I was curious, what are some of your favorite sock jokes? Like your favorite cigars? Is a washing machine a bath? Do you ever get athlete's foot? Like what are your favorite sock things? Not one of those. Boom. Everything else you'd like to add to the people out there, Ed? Just look out for my new project and keep an eye on my Twitter, at EdTheSock, and check out my videos, EdTheSock.com. Why should people care about Ed the Sock? Why should people care? I don't give a damn if they care. I don't have to answer that question. People answer that question for themselves. They care or they don't care. I'm not making some pledge that they should give a damn. The hell with them. Either care or don't care. Make up your own mind. There's lots of things you can pay attention to in this world. Well, thank you very much, Ed. Keep on rocking in the free world and doot-doot-loot-doo. Doot-doot. me tiger I'll kiss you show me tiger how to kiss you
And you are still listening to CITR, the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. And here is some more Red Martian. Again, thank you so much, Red Martian, for sending me that amazing discography of different records that you have done put up with different um di- uh, incredible like the cowboy with the vo- the cowboy and the vocoder we just heard from 2009 and that was actually from an acetate that they made in their basement an actual record press in their basement again thank you red martian and we are going to play some more red martian that they sent to me and this particular track is called Use by Red Martian. We just heard before Ed the Sock, a live interview with Ed the Sock. We heard Ultra Lounge, something from the amazing Ultra Lounge compilation, We which, believe it or not, is housed in some, like, tiger skin um, apparel, which is... Amazing again. We love the word amazing on the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. We are track number 16, Teach Me Tiger by April Stevens. That's what we heard at the end of the Ed DeSock interview. So again, thank you, Red Martian. And here is Red Martian with the particular track that they sent me called Use.
hard listening to uh, actually let's check here up oh, that one actually here yeah that one actually there there <laughs> I think uh, actually is it this one or is it this one is it this one or is it this one is it this one or is it this one you are still listening to the Nardwar human serviette radio show. I have grabbed the wrong mic, but maybe I have instinctively grabbed the wrong mic uh, because I have, well, um, who do we have in the studio today? Who do we have coming up? Hello. 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 Uh, I'm, I'm Sean. I'm on the show after the almighty Nardwar, so I'm a little bit freaked out. Uh, you were coming up with your first show. Yes. yes. And, and yet I was acting as if it was my first my, show. My first show, no. So everybody is welcome to yes. CITR. Welcome to CITR. Oh, glad, what do you have you. coming up? Uh, I've got a lot of, like, hip-hop stuff, basically. So, like, uh, we've got uh, really old tracks. We've got some Canadian hip-hop from Shad and... Um, uh, Socrates and stuff like that. So just anything, basically, that um, that sounds good to me. I'll play. So your first show, anybody can do a show on CITL, oh, anybody, right? Anybody. What I'm is an, your experience? Uh, what is your background? My background, I've done two years of radio in England, if the accident didn't Hospital away. radio. What, sorry? Is there hospital radio? Hospital radio in England. Yeah. yeah. No, no. For, <laughs> uh, do I have a voice for hospital radio? Boom. No, just wondering. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, go on. No, but uh, I've done two years in hospital radio. and uh, Well, not hospital, uh, student radio. Yeah. And now I'm here for about three months, so I'm going to try and to do a little couple of shows if I can. But um, but I've been watching you on, like, uh, YouTube and stuff, like, a year and stuff, so it's really surreal. But uh, in um, England, there isn't many, there aren't many college radio stations. There aren't no. many CITRs, are there? No, but there's, like, about, I'd say maybe Fifty to hundred, somewhere in that kind of ballpark, I think. But it's there's not that many because like there's a lot of universities, but not all of them have the facilities to have it. But CITR is the most professional one I've encountered. Like I only have to do fifteen minutes of training at my home one, and then here it's like four hours. So that's a bit of a change. And what do you think of the new CITR? Do you think it looks like a dentist's office? What do you think of the new CITR? With all the things coming down, I do feel like I'm in a dentist chair or something. But uh, no, it's nice. It's really good. It's you've got like a few things on the wall. You have got this incredible shelf of like CDs. So yeah, it's good. I like it. I really like it. And we are right in the nest, the Amy AMS student nest, and you can do a radio show. Yes. Any if I can do it, anybody Anyone can. can. Do it. Like please look at and listen to this picture. Who has done a radio show for many years, and who is doing their first radio show? You would never guess, would you? <laughs> no, no, you would never that. guess. And that's the great thing about CITR. And thank you so much again, Red Martian, for sending me all this music. Like, you send me your complete discography. And we just heard right there, Petty Happiness. And before that, Use. And before that, The Cowboy and the Vocoder by Red Martian. And, of course, we are going to end with... Red Martian, who sent me again there. I just can't believe this. This is a split EP we did with a band from Japan called Chiba. It includes a test pressing, four of five, and we played that petty happiness. So right now, we are going to hear again, and you are going to be hearing a lot of them of Red Martian. We are going to hear by Red Martian, Kana Mig Salak. 
thank you so much, Red Martian, for sending me your entire discography. You were all the way from Seattle, Washington. So here is Red Martian. What is the name of your show? What What is it? Uh, I didn't ask what, you know, every show should have a name. I, I don't. Uh, well, actually, it's, well. Sorry. No, no, I was going to say I don't have a name now. Maybe you'd like to um, suggest something. Uh, well, people can phone in. Oh, they can. They can. If you want to um, suggest a name for my radio show, as of yet untitled, please uh, phone in. Uh, 604-822-2487. 604-UPC. Yeah. C-I-T-R. C-I-T-R. U-P-C, C-I-T-R. <laughs> or they can tweet. Do you have a Twitter handle? I don't have Twitter. I'm not that down with the kids yet. But um, but give, give us a call in, and then hopefully in a week or two, I'll have a proper Twitter radio thingamabobby. So you'll be able to um, tweet in and suggest stuff, because I'm always open to suggestions. And here is Red Martian.